Hello, and welcome back to Frank Fryer Fridays, and a very, very happy new year to you all. And let me begin with a prayer. God, thank you for a new year. May everyone in our family be willing to begin anew with a clean slate. We know that you are always ready to forgive us. Help us to be willing to forgive ourselves and to forgive one another. As we begin a new year, remind us of our truest values and our deepest desires. Help us to live in the goodness that comes from doing what you want us to do. Help us to put aside anxiety about the future and the past so that we might live in peace with you now, one day at a time. Amen. Well, here I am at uh, the Priory in St. Louis, St. Dominic Priory. Next week, I'm going to be broadcasting you, to you from Galena. I'm going to take off a few days with a couple of the, my Dominican brothers. And before I do that, in fact, I'm leaving in, a, in just a few minutes, I thought I'd offer some reflections on New Year's past and maybe some um, insight into what we might be able to do in, in the new year. In thinking about past New Year's, I realized that, you know, the strongest memories come, not, for me at least, not from great parties that I may have experienced, but from more, more, more often than not, the, the, the quiet times or special times with, with friends. The very first New Year's I remember are, as a child, my, my parents going out. Now, I, I, I've told you in past sessions that my mom and dad were, you know, pretty simple people that uh, were factory workers. Uh, something that wasn't always easy for me to to talk about or admit. But golly, they worked so hard to support their families, and I, I see now what an extraordinary blessing they were to our families, both in what they did for us, but the way they lived their lives as well. The wonderful models that my mom and dad were. And my, my aunts and uncles just you know, really surrounded by an extraordinary family of people who made great sacrifices for their families. I have over in my room, I can see it from where I'm sitting, a picture of my mom and dad and some of my relatives and some that weren't, weren't really relatives, but we called relatives because that's the way Italians are. We call them comadres and compadres. Um, they would be people that weren't necessarily related to us by blood, but would have been uh, godparents to my, my brothers or godparents to other people in our family. So there's probably about 20 people all around a table. It's great, a great picture. Of course, it's in black and white. And I suspect it was taken in the 40s by the way that they're dressed. And they're all in tuxedos and fancy dresses. And spending New Year's Eve together. And now, now these are not people... <laughs> That would wear tuxedos normally, but that's the thing I remember about New Year's as a child. My my parents were really getting um, all dressed up and and going out to the, and where would they go? Not a fancy restaurant. They went to the Catholic War Veterans Hall, and there would have, be a band there, and there would be dancing, and they would stay out quite late for them, and we wouldn't be waiting up for them. But I remember you know we'd be in our in our PJs to say goodbye to them because they didn't go out until quite late. What a, what a, a extraordinary 
celebration for you know pretty middle class people that they would have this this one special night. I know they always look forward to it and getting out by themselves. The 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 one of, sadly or sadly or unfortunately I mean one of the strongest memories I had of my you know as far as a celebration was when I was in college, came home and Dean Ortnow, one of my buddies from from uh, grade school and high school days, had a party at his house, and uh, of course you know we're all um, in college then and we were thinking we're all adults and I was. I had Harvey Wallbangers for the first and only time in my life. <laughs> I got so gosh darn sick of those things. That's orange. It's like a, basically it's a screwdriver with Galliano in it. It's a disgusting thing. I could I I still can't I can't even smell Galliano all these years later without getting getting sick. You know though, there yes there were some of those parties. Um, and then when I was living in Washington D.C., we would there would be some sort of you know there was those fancy celebrations. But as I said, those are not the things that 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 really stand out in my memory as much as the the quiet times that I had with some friends. Of course, there were some sad occasions. I mentioned the year that my my wife left me. That year began with my wife and I being together, Mary Beth and I being together on New Year's Day in Washington, D.C. And I remember we were at a restaurant on the top of the Hyatt Regency. We were able to see the fireworks. That Washington, D.C. always had fireworks for New Year's Day or New Year's Eve. And then by the next New Year's, we had been married and separated. Of course, we weren't divorced yet. But the next New Year's, I was I was... Uh, I was alone, um, so it was quite a quite a roller coaster of a year. Uh, but I have, I would, I guess, the thing that I would say about New Year's for me is, some for so many of us, a time of recollection of, of the past year. And the one, the one that I wanted to really um, talk about. Oh, let me back up a little bit. You know, the other thing I'd like to, like to mention about New Year's is that this is the first time in, I counted, 13 years that I'm even here for New Year's because typically I'm on a mission trip. Typically I'm in Haiti. Last year we were in Puerto Rico because it was too dangerous to go to Haiti, but all the other years I was in Haiti spending it with some of our student missionaries from St. Thomas Aquinas Church at, at Purdue and with a lot of Haitian children. And New Year's Day is a big deal for them because it's a national holiday. It's their Independence Day, but it's also a Catholic day of uh, celebration. And it was, the, so New Year's for me has become a, a very, very meaningful in the way that I've been able to, to share it and celebrate it with people 4,000 miles away and how very uh, important they have become to me in my life over the years that I was able to minister at St. Tom's. So I want to talk, though, about one particular New Year's in 2000. So many of you will remember that was Y2K. It was a bit of a, uh, a concern to, to many people. I guess I was a little bit concerned. I'm, all the computer geeks and banks and all these other, the stock markets, all well, even subway systems, everything that was being run on computers, they were afraid was going to somehow get into this huge glitch, and they were talking about it for months, about what was, what could happen on the stroke of midnight. 
on uh, on the on two th- on the uh, two thousand. Um, but I had decided I was living in Chicago at the time, and I was living in Old Town in a very very nice apartment, a posh neighborhood, I guess in a way. Uh, had moved from Springfield, uh, was enjoying it very much. Was closer to family, was closer to friends, long long standing friends. Had a good job. I wasn't I wasn't crazy about it, but it was a good job. It paid me a lot of money, and I was a single guy. I could afford to do practically anything I wanted to do. I tra- was traveling a lot internationally and, and nationally as well. But there was just something that was missing in my life, and I couldn't put my finger on it. I was doing some volunteer work. I was I was working at a homeless shelter in Lincoln Park. And yes, there are homeless people in Lincoln Park. And I was working at a, a home a hospice kind of arrangement for people living with AIDS. And I was working my, a full-time job. And I, I enjoyed the volunteer th- work, I think, more than the, the paid job. But there was just something that was missing. So as the, as the, the new millennium approached, I'm trying to figure out what... What, what should I do with my life? Is this what I wanted to continue to do? So I was invited to a party, of course. I was invited to many parties. And, and I went to this party with a friend of mine, a dear friend, too. And, it, and, I, and there wasn't a lot of drinking or carousing or something, but I just didn't feel like being there. And it was about, I think, about 1030 at night. And I decided I was going to go home and get my dog, Humphrey. And we would go. I lived quite near the lake. And we would walk down to the lake and watch the fireworks from there. And so I, I actually I got in this I got in the L and then the L at about oh maybe eleven twenty five, eleven thirty or something like that shut down because they didn't know what was gonna happen. They thought it might uh, the system might shut down at the stroke of mid so I wasn't gonna be sitting in a subway car. So I ran down this the stairs t- from the platform and I was able to get a taxi cab. Went home, got Humphrey, went over to the beach to watch the fireworks, and I was praying. Uh, and I was asking God for some guidance. I wanted to come up with some kind of a resolution as to what I could do with the rest of my life. And so I didn't think about the process I was going through, but in a way, I was going through an examine, an examine that. Now I do more regularly this daily examine about, you know, bringing God into that moment and then thinking about all the things that I was had been grateful for in my life at, at to that to that point. I was uh, let's see I was forty seven years old that night, and I did have a lot of be, lot to be grateful for, um, and so. I was reviewing all the things that had happened in my life and looking to maybe where I had some regrets and where I needed to make amends uh, and then praying a f- prayer of thanksgiving to God. So that's, 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 a, that's what I do in a daily exam and now. And I, 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 I know I wasn't really consciously thinking about doing that that evening, but that's what I was doing. But I was also looking for some particular answer. What is it, God? What should I do? What's going to be? What resolution should I make? Not to you know read a book a week or go to the gym more regularly or uh, 
diet or those sorts of things, which are not, those certainly are not bad things. But I wanted it to be something reflective of the millennium, something really big. And I couldn't come up with anything. And so I, this, I said to, I said in my prayer to God, I said, listen, I'm, I'm, I think, I think you've got something in mind for me. I don't know what that is, but give me the willingness to be open to whatever you have in mind for me. And that's how I left it. And it seemed to be pretty satisfactory at the, in the moment at least. A couple weeks later, so now we're in the middle of January, and I have a, a, a good friend, uh, Brian, in St. Louis, and he had uh, an acquaintance in Rockford, Illinois, actually, I guess as you would say his brother-in-law, and, and he was also involved in, in volunteer kinds of activities. But he was, he was like, well, anyway, Brian kept bugging me about, you should call this fellow's name is Patrick as well, Patrick Moynihan. He was living in Rockford at the time. He was uh, in formation for the diaconate for the Diocese of Rockford, and he ran a school in Haiti, of all things. And I had no association with Haiti at that point in my life. And it's quite a a successful school. And and Brian's, or Patrick is someone of, of... quite well known on the island because of the great work that he does. So we were talking and Brian had been bugging me. He says, oh, you should call Patrick Moynihan. You would really get along and you do, you're, you're both do-gooders, you know. But, you know, here I am I'm volunteering a couple things and, and Patrick Moynihan's flying to Haiti once a month to, to work with the school that he had founded there. But anyway, we had a wonderful conversation. I finally called him after Brian had been bugging me for, for months. And so this is a couple of weeks after the new year. And, I, and here's this total stranger. And I said to Patrick, you know, I, I think God's got some plan for me. And I just don't know what it is. I'm trying to figure it out. And so Patrick's f- the first comment was, well, if you th- think that you're being called to the priesthood, you should call Louis Maroney. He's a buddy of mine, and he can help you sort that out. And I said, whoa, whoa, wait a minute. Who said anything about the priesthood? And Patrick said, well, I don't know. It's just this sort of thing that first came to my mind when I'm listening to you, and I'm like, well, I don't know about that. And the thing is, it the thought of that had percolated a little bit, but I, I very quickly put it out of my mind because... I'm 47 years old. This is it's too late. And yet the, it planted a seed. And I I called Louis Maroney immediately. And Louis was a, is a priest, now a good friend. And he uh, was the promoter of vocations for the, for the Order of Preachers, for the Dominicans, for the um, province of St. Albert the Great. I called him and we set up an appointment for two days hence. And that night, I'm riding home on the on this this the Brown Line on the uh, L L train, and I sort of and this is something I would ride every day, and I was uh, standing because there was no seats available, and I dropped something on the floor of the L train, and I I, I bent down to pick it up train came to another station and stopped and there was this gigantic billboard in front of me all black with somebody just with a collar on 
it, clearly it's a priest. You know, it's this sort of dramatic depiction of it. And with these words at the bottom, this may be the sign you've been waiting for. This is like three hours after I've had this conversation with Patrick Moynihan and made my appointment with Louis Maroney. That billboard must have been up there for months, and I never noticed it until that day. And it was like being hit in the head with a two-by-four. I'm like, whoa, God, is this what... <laughs> I had just prayed for this two weeks ago. You know, show me what your will is. And so... Two days later, I, I meet with uh, Louis Maroney at the Dunkin' Donuts on Harlem Avenue, and we began a conversation. And something clicked right away. And I didn't know a lot about the Dominicans. Actually, I, you know, if you think about it, 20 years ago, which, so this, this all happened, began 20 years ago today, this sort of momentous occasion in my life that I uh, began a journey that has led me to where I am now. I, I, I started to talk to Louis and I, 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 I heard things that resonated with me. I heard about the Dominicans and their charisms of preaching and teaching and social justice and all that resonated deeply with me. And so I began in earnest to discern whether or not this is where God was calling me. And I had been, so there's, there was kinds of things that you look back now and you say, well, God was, was preparing me. I had, I had been going to Mass almost daily for about two, three years, maybe more. But around that, maybe four years now that I think about it, I had a spiritual director when I got to Chicago. I had been uh, thinking about doing that. And so I had been in spiritual direction for a couple years at this point, going to Mass on a daily basis. Then I started meeting with Louis, and then he had me meet with a couple other priests to help in my discernment process. And I'll talk about some other things that happened along the way, but I think that what... Uh, um, God was helping me to do in this in 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 ways that weren't obvious to me at at the beginning was to prepare me f to to be able to make this decision pretty quickly. You know, you know, I asked Louis right away when I got further along in the process. Am I too old? He says, "Well, not for us, but you would be too old for some you know some other orders or some diocese. But you can't you can't." You can't wait too much longer, Patrick. <laughs> and so my, I think that friend, my friends, and again, I'll talk about this more in later sessions, weren't, weren't so much surprised at how quickly or how that I made the decision, but that how, how quickly I was able to do that. And I attribute that all to the work of the Holy Spirit, that there was, there was this uh, um, way that I was being prepared to make the decision and to make it quickly. And it was all these other things that were going on in my life that allowed me to do that. And the one thing I'd say to go back to very, the very beginning, this examine that I did on that night on New Year's Eve, preparing for the millennium and something I, I try to do to, today on a daily basis is, a, is just a powerful exercise for any of us 
to have us look at this day or this year and to, to give thanks for all that God has done and to see maybe where we need to make amends and then pray for God, to God, for additional guidance in what we need and what he wants for us, where we will find our deepest joy. I'm going to end with a blessing that we hear in today's Mass in the first reading. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face shine upon you and give you his peace. And may Almighty God bless you in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. And God bless you all in a blessed and holy new year.